welcome to Backbone, the podcast by the BF Goodrich Garage. I'm your host, Andrew Huang. Now, BF Goodrich Tires doesn't really need an introduction. This brand is synonymous with iconic products and iconic moments, from radial TAs to all-terrains to championship wins in Baja. But there's more to BFG than just tires. Because as good as those tires are, BFG's legacy was built by people. On this season of Backbone, we'll be talking to the people whose grit, guts, and gumption have defined this brand and continue to do so. Backbone is dedicated to the enthusiast community, the builders, racers, and gearheads that put their lives and reputations in the hands of BFG rubber. Let's dive in. We've talked to a lot of racers throughout this season, and they've almost universally sung the praises of the BF Goodrich Tires Pit Support Program. We thought it was high time we actually heard from the folks who make that program possible. So in the run-up to the 2019 Baja 1000, we talked to Nate Hunt, who, along with legend Frank D'Angelo, runs the modern-day Pit Support Network. We also heard from Bob Bauer, who kicked off the program nearly four decades ago. My name is Nate Hunt. I work for Jackson Marketing Motorsports and Events, and we are the motorsports agency for Michelin and BF Goodrich. And my job is to help Peter Calhoun, who is the BF Goodrich marketing manager, run the BF Goodrich racing program, which includes pavement racing with the MX-5 Cup, as well as short course racing and desert racing, as, and included with desert is also rock racing with King of the Hammers. So that's kind of what I do all year long is work with BF Goodrich Racing. I get to go out there and really be the the eyes and ears for the brand, uh, as well as a little bit of the face of the brand at the events, showing off the support that BF Goodrich gives to the racers at each one of the venues that we decide to provide support for. Uh, for our partners, for off-road racing in general, for the sport of off-road racing. And in order to support something and do something well, you really have to know it. You have to have a passion for it. And this just allows the brand to have somebody out there that is learning, seeing, staying current, seeing where the future lies, and relying on the past experiences to to provide a, a solid future. Make no mistake. While Nate might not officially be on the payroll at BFG, it's a technicality. For racers, there is no practical distinction. It's a hand-in-glove partnership. It is pretty much um, when we're on site, uh, we are we are BF Goodrich. We're representing the brand. Uh, they're paying us to be out there, so we're, we're BFG while we're there. I mean, it's just like any other, I think, company that you go and work for. If they're paying, you, you're working for them, so you're representing them, and, and that's why we're out there. We, um, you know, we, we have quite a long history with BF Goodrich. We've been doing their motorsports work for, I think, about 20 years now. So we've, we've been there for quite a while. And even before that, some of our employees, uh, some of my coworkers actually came from working for the brand. So there's quite a, quite a long history with people and we're pretty, pretty well integrated into their, their programs that they have. And, we definitely want it, want it to be seamless. We don't want to have that separation. We want people to, to know who we represent. And that's, what, that's where we're out there. We're representing BF Goodrich. 
The Pit Network is one of BF Goodrich's crown jewels, and there's a lot of effort that goes into making it the stuff legends talk about. That's especially true when it comes to supporting the Baja 1000. Not only is it the longest endurance race where the pits make an appearance, it's also one that requires organizing international logistics. And it's a big responsibility. I, I got a list sitting right in front of me here in the office of things that are checked off, and there's probably 40 things in front of me. And it's a great responsibility. You're taking a lot of people from the United States down into Mexico, and and it's it's a logistical challenge. It's something that we take very seriously because we're going to another country. Um, but if you do it right, if you do it respecting the country and respecting the people, respecting the places that you're going, it's it's truly a a great opportunity. So we go down to Mexico for the Ba 1000 with the single purpose of supporting racers who need help in order to be able to race and two to be able to finish a race. So we go down there to support anybody that is on BF Goodrich tires with pit support for no charge. If you run our tire, we'll pit you no charge. And that allows a lot of the limited class teams to be able to come down and race the ones who might not have the budgets to be able to to afford to be able to race. And so if you're going to have to buy a tire, why wouldn't you buy one knowing that with buying this tire, we're going to get free pit support on, in Baja? It's, it's pretty awesome, actually. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. In my opinion, why wouldn't I want to buy that? One, it's a great product, if not the best product. Two, it comes with pit support, which <clears throat> which saves a ton of money for the team to be able to do. And three, it, it's giving you a lot of information and knowledge that you may not have, especially if you're new or newer to off-road racing in Mexico. So it's it's pretty awesome deal. I don't know why anybody would use anybody else really when it comes down to it. So when it comes to pit support, it really it does start early on. <clears throat> Planning actually should be starting for 2020 Baja 1000 last week. So I mean we're we're planning a year and ahead or a year in advance for pit support because there's a lot of logistics that goes into it. There's a lot of planning. Part of BF Goodrich's support of the SCORE International Series is to help them with course mapping. So we'll go down there with the race director, Jose, Jose G, we affectionately call him. <clears throat> and we go down and, and actually map out the race course for whatever race is coming up, whether it's the San Felipe, Ba 500, 400, or the 1,000. Our goal is to be able to support the guy, the limited guys, uh, ultimately. So a lot of the trophy trucks <clears throat> are going 200 miles now, but some of the limited cars don't have those big of a fuel cell, so they can only go call it 140 miles. So we try to line our pits up around right around 140 to 160 miles between pits as a maximum, just so <clears throat> if a team is going to use us to fuel, they can get to us on their fuel tank. So it does um, it does start early, 
it starts with with location with mileages and then we have to look at the locations can we get a a semi truck in here or do we have to use a pickup truck with a pull behind trailer we also have a a big a large box truck that can get into some areas that a semi can't so it kind of depends on the location that we find for these pits and then determine which which vehicles can get in there for a loop race which this year is a a loop race the 2019 baja 1000 is actually an 800 mile race course that starts and finishes in ensenada so with an 800 mile race course with the locations uh, that the course goes over we're going to have six pits for this race course to cover it um it's going to Oh, I think we're going to take down about 90 volunteers for this particular race where we're going to have um, probably about 14 to 15 full-time people down there. And we also have BF Goodrich Relay. And then we also, believe it or not, run BFG Central, which is kind of the central hub of where we collect all the information with car passing times and and anything that may be going on in the pits and with the race we actually base that in greenville south carolina in an office where we have high speed internet and access to phone calls to wherever we may need to get a phone call to so um, we actually have about six people that'll be working bf Goodrich central back here in, in south carolina um, we utilize sat phones that is a sat phone network where we can push to talk and when we do that, it, it communicates to each one of the sat phones that we have set up in each one of the pits. So it's quite a network that we have when it comes to the communication factor. But it's probably all, all told about 130 people that we're going to have under the BF Goodrich umbrella for for this race for, for 2019 Baja 1000. Now, next year, 2020, is going to be a point-to-point -point race. So it's going to start in Ensenada, and it's going to finish in La Paz. So that's usually more of a 1,000-mile to 1,200-mile race. And so generally, we're, we'll have anywhere from 8 to 10 pits for a race like, like next year's 2020 will be, or the last one we did was 2017, which was 50th score Baja 1000 race. So um, in 2017, we had eight people, or I'm sorry, eight pits down the peninsula, and uh, and and you know, the people to be able to support that many pits. So that that race, you're probably looking at more of a <clears throat> 200 to, to 250 people that could be. Uh, un under the the BF Goodrich umbrella for for the point to point one thousands. With decades and decades of experience, the Pit Network is an institution. There are racers who have never known what desert racing is like without the BFG pits. But when Bob Bauer was trying to get the program off the ground, it was on much shakier footing. You know, it's it still pretty early in the in the BF Goodrich performance world. Um, and you know we were still learning and evolving. We didn't have an awful large presence uh, in the desert. We would have our tractor trailer. We had a couple of premier teams, and then only about four or five other teams that were pretty what you would call dedicated to BF Goodrich. 
Um, and the reason, Andrew, I mean, it's very simple. Is, is that, frankly, uh, in those days, BF Goodrich did not have the kind of budget that our competitors in Akron, Ohio had. Goodyear would outspend us about five to one. In the period of about 77, 89, uh, 80, 81, we had a presence in the desert and it was really more from the teams we had. We actually only ended up sending one of one tractor and trailer out there to, to be a, a pit support vehicle, but there was not an organized strategy uh, of utilizing pits to accomplish something. You know, we were, we were one of the participants who set up a tractor trailer so people could stop and get gas. And that was pretty much the extent. In, uh, in 82, um, BF Goodrich made a, made a change in assignments and uh, they assigned the off-road racing management of the off-road racing program to me. I said, Rob, you're going to run the off-road deal. I said, okay, cool. I didn't know a lot about it because I spent most of my years uh, doing the other things we did as STA guys, which is mostly the, the seminars and events. So, you know, I got the job. <laughs> I got the assignment on, I remember it very well. Uh, it was Christmas Eve day of 1981 and i had to get i had to get spanking pretty quick because our the very first race of the season was around the, the end of january first of february which was the parker 400 and and i knew it was important for me to uh meet the the principles of the teams that were you know on our sponsorship roles and uh, get to know them a little let them know me so i, I went out to the west coast because i lived in akron and had dinners and meetings and stuff like that with all the principals of the team. And there was a, a very consistent um, word from these teams. And that is, as, as one might imagine, we need more money. That certainly is to be expected, but I, 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 I'm one of those old weirdos that says I can accept knowing what is, but what I'm really curious about is why is it? So I, and getting the why is why do you need money? I mean, it's obvious because we're racing, but I mean, really what, what costs you money? I mean, what are you doing? Well, and, and the thing they said, they talked about every one of them individually. They had no, they weren't in cahoots was, you know, it, it like, for example, a big long race, like the Baja 1000, they told me, it said, you know, we have to set up nine places out in the desert for, for my race car to fuel. It takes us nine fuel stops out there and I have to supply all the people for that. And I have to put them in hotels and have to feed them and buy the gas for their trucks to go down there. And, and uh, that gets really darn expensive. Well, I heard that so consistently. I said, you know, I don't have any money, any more money for you. I, I, that's it, my brain was saying, was saying, we don't have enough money. We don't have money for these people. But I'm sensitive to them saying this is, this is getting expensive. Um, so I, I kind of said, you know, what if I just lowered your costs? And that was the goal there, frankly. By combining all of the uh, assets that each of the teams had, um, and the deal I struck with them was pretty straightforward and simple. I said, you know, you've got a fifth wheel truck, you've got a box truck, you've got a tractor and trailer, we've got two tractor and trailers. If we pool all of these things, um, all I'll need from you, Mr. Team Owner, is give me two volunteers uh, that I can put in place where I, where I wish and buy me four fuel dump cans, which represented a couple hundred bucks. And so all these teams, you know, what I ended up with was a, a pretty good team of volunteers every race that 
we could put to work and had experience. And we ended up with a ton of fuel dump cans, which was the goal. So it was everybody pitched in a little bit and we ended up with what was a pretty good system. And um, we went on that time, you know, that year, learning about how to be a pitting organization and how to really benefit the racers, even to the degree where I, I remember uh, I would have our tractor and trader if they saw a vehicle stop by the side of the road in Baja or an off-road race, you know, slow down, stop, find out what they can do to help. You know, if they need oil, give them oil, you know, give, just, just help everybody. Early on, our rules were if anybody in the race, I don't care whose tire they're on, if they, if they stop in the pit, give them whatever help you can possibly give them, weld them up, you know, uh, you know, fix this or do that. Because maybe, maybe I don't know if you know about C's candy stores, but I learned a lesson early on. C's candies are very nice and things like that. But you go into a C's candy store and the first thing they do is hand you a sample. Everybody, you know, they, they give away candy like, like crazy. And I thought, you know, I could do that with pitting. So if you're running on X, Y, you know, anything but a BFG tire and you came in in those days and you needed help, you got a sample of what it was like to be a BFG car. And we had people switch over to our tire. And once they got into the pit system, they found out that they could race on far less money than they thought they had, you know, they were going to race because they had BFG pitting. So we, we made it safer. We made it less expensive for everybody. We made it more accessible for new people. All in all, you know, the, the pits as we started out did a very good thing for the sport. And of course, the scale on which it operates today is enormous compared to them. I mean, it's, it's light years ahead. But it did have to start with one idea and some people nodding their heads saying, you know what, if we work together, we can work this out. As noble as the intent behind the pits was, Bauer was depending on mutual cooperation between competitors. After all, Different pits were manned by different teams, and it goes against every competitive instinct to help a different team's race car. Initially, it it was a little dicey. I, I will I will give you that. For that very reason, you know, if you have a competitor in your class, and, and let's say let's say uh, you know Team A is uh, competing against Team B, um, and Team B's race car gets the Team A's supplied pit first, you know, what's to prevent their crew? from slowing this guy down. And that was the pivotal question. So we, we essentially, you know, just sat everybody down and made the rules. It wasn't really a negotiated thing and it was not a consensus. It was time for someone to take a position. And so I did. I said, you know, here's the deal. We let the race happen on the race course, but there should be absolutely no shenanigans in the pits. And we're watching. After a few races, things did sort themselves out, and they found out that, wow, this works best for everybody, no matter where you are, ahead or behind. And so it became, it, it was a little bit of a hurdle in the beginning, Andrew, maybe first couple of three races, but truly by the fourth or fifth race in that, that year, everybody was pulling on the rope as hard as they could to help everybody win a race. The big test was the 1982 Baja 1000 to see if we really had our rehearsals. You know, we used the previous races to get experience at how does this work? And the Baja 1000 was, you know, it was 1,050 miles all the way down the peninsula. We had to populate and organize a system of eight pits, nine pits, I think, excuse me, nine pits. And the result was we had six, we had six factory, you know, what we call them factory teams involved. Five of those six won their Baja 1000s and, and it ended up delivering five championships to BF Goodrich that season. So the pitting worked to help us win races. It worked to help lower the cost for our, our, our team, our people, our, our, you know, partners in the business. It was beneficial all the way, all the way through. So for the next couple of years, we 
we got better at it, really. Uh, more organized. We thought of better things we could do. Um, and then one thing led to another, and uh, I moved on to a different assignment. We had uh, a guy named Frank D'Angelo, who was our tractor and trailer driver, my tractor and trailer driver, but uh, he was absolutely the best qualified of anybody that we worked with to carry on and run the program. And so that's pretty much what BF Goodrich did is brought him into the company as an employee and he ran the race program for the next couple of years. With the pit support program in D'Angelo's capable hands, Bauer decided to get back to the fun stuff. You know, I, I wanted to win more by 1000s. And so I got in the race car, but then, then I had an event or an experience that changed the course of, it ended up changing the course of the BF Goodrich Piss, but it changed my course enormously. And that was in the 80 something, 84 or five. I can't recall, frankly, which one. My driver and I got terribly lost way off of course. And it took uh, about two and a half days for the people to find us. We got stuck in a tidal marsh up to our hubs in, in mud and it took them forever to find us. And my wife nearly lost it. She was not a happy person. And nearly threw me out of off-road racing. That's <laughs> what she did. So I swore from that moment forward, I would never be lost down there again. I would never not know exactly where I was. And I started to uh, go down there to pre-run before races with anybody I could get a ride with. And I went down there with my, uh, my aviation maps, charts, my auto club map. And I started mapping every little road that came to a highway at all and figured out where they went and you know ended up with a pretty good rundown so i would know no matter where it was i could i could tell people where to come and find us and actually in the, in the team i was with we ended up running the, the the chase operation from inside the race car because i would know exactly where we were the whole time and i could get on the radio and tell the chase crew where to go which kilometer mark you would find a little road you know and if you take that road two or three miles in, it'll, it'll cross the race course and we'll be waiting for you there, that kind of thing. So I started making these maps and uh, as time progressed, more people found out about the maps. I had no intention on, frankly, making them such a big deal. They were really to help me make sure I was gonna be okay and I could go home and I could, I could stay racing if, if my wife didn't get upset. But some guys at BFG uh, found them, they saw the maps and they say, hey, Bob, you know, we could, we could do a good thing uh, by making those maps on a little bit bigger scale and uh, so i turned all my maps up over all my masters and you know all that stuff and taught them a little bit about how to make it and so the maps started coming out as being part of the bf goodrich pitting network so the you know the, the two element having stationary pits that would provide fuel and food and rest and all kinds of good things for for not only the race cars but the race teams the, the chasers, all those kind of things. It was there, that was established. But we also were able to help people know more about where to go and, and do it safely by providing these maps that show them really exactly how to find this piece of, the, you know, if it's a race mile XYZ you're looking for in the race course, you go to this little kilometer mark on the, on the highway in the middle of nowhere and you'll see a little dirt road and that'll take you down to the thing. And, and so when people knew where they had, you know, where they supposed to go or how they could find their race car, it was almost a deal where they didn't have to hurry anymore. They could plan it out. So people started driving more safely and we started having less war stories about, you know, horrors on the highway. In wrangling race teams into an ad hoc pit network, plus creating the mapping support that would become the BFG pit books, 
Bauer laid the foundation of the modern BFG racing experience in Baja, but the pit support network wouldn't be nearly what it is without the help of an army of unpaid volunteers, who often take vacation time to travel to San Diego on their own dime, just to meet up with BFG. And we really rely on our pit leaders. We have pit leaders for each pit that we have, and they are the ones who go out and, and, and basically recruit their team. So <clears throat> as they're recruiting their team, the BF Goodrich crew that you see in a pit, 90% of those, if not 95% sometimes, are volunteers, which means if they can get to San Diego, BF Goodrich will pick them up in San Diego, take them into Mexico. All the meals will be provided. We do binational emergency cards, which is basically insurance, health insurance for you while you're in Mexico. Uh, we'll provide Mexican insurance on your vehicles if you're bringing a vehicle in. We provide all the meals and uh, and basically a plan and a schedule for you when you're in Mexico. So if you can get to San Diego, we'll pick you up and we'll take you in. These people come out here to help with BF Goodrich pit support as volunteers. Now, why would somebody take off work, use their vacation to come down and work in a hot or cold, dusty, muddy We've had bees. We've had all kinds of crazy stuff in these pits. Why would somebody want to do that? I've asked myself that question. I ask myself that all the time when I go down there and I see these people that are down there. And again, it goes back to that word passion. I mean, you've got to have a passion for what you do in order to come down. And what we talked about a little bit about the BF Goodrich brand being iconic down there and recognizable. And people just want to be a part of it. People want to be a part of something that's great that's historic, that's futuristic, that's an awesome thing for for racing. It can be a group of friends that have been doing it for 20 years, or it could be a group of people who have never even met each other before. And by the end of it, you got some bonding time out in the desert and working side by side with people who, like I, like we talked about earlier, have to have some type of a passion for racing to be down there. And yeah, you walk away family. We have we have a, a, a great family. We've seen we've seen some people, like I said, that that have come from from parts of the country, actually parts of the world. One of the most interesting stories I think for the BMG pits in, in my time, which in only eight years, is we brought some guests over, some tire dealers from Ireland. They came as, as basically VIP guests and we took care of them. A couple months after the race, they call up and say, hey, what would it take to work in a pit? And we said, our, our normal drill, well, if you get to San Diego, we'll pick you up and take you. Well, those guys flew back to San Diego for the next race and became part of the part of one of our pits. And we call them Team Patty. And there was about, about four or five or six of them sometimes that would come over and they would work in one of our pits as volunteers and they they paid for their own flights over from Ireland just to be able to be a part of something that they saw as guests and wanted to be a part of um, because they saw how special it was and the family vibe that it gets and 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 they loved and fell in love with Baja and wanted to be down there for it so they started coming every year for the Baja 1000 and quickly became part of the family and just just a great group of guys and had so much fun and man those the irish guys like they say they know how to drink so they would uh they try to show some of the some of their 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 crewmates on the crew how to drink and 
there was there's a time and place for that as well but they're just one story of of how some of these pit crews get formed it's just somebody hears about it or sees it and just wants to become part of it that may be an extreme example coming all the way from ireland but team patty lots of love for those guys and uh we love having them come over and working in the pits but it also could be somebody that lives in mexico we have some national Mexican national volunteers that, that come out and help and want to be part of it. And that's awesome. And we, we love using the, the, the guys who, who really know the area, know the people, know the culture. And, and that just helps us know Baja even better and be able to, to be respectful of the country that we're in. And so it, it's, it's a pretty eclectic group of people that we have out in these pits. The mystique of Baja appeals to everyone. And to be in that environment while participating in one of motorsports' greatest events, that's a hard thing to turn down. I'm sure each of them has their own reason, but I could probably make a pretty safe wager and say that it, it turns out the real reason they come back, it's fun. <laughs> I'd like to make it sound real scientific, but it's not. Yeah. It's fun. They had a good time, and they felt good about what they did. And it's such a strong red thread of camaraderie that, that bonds everyone together. I mean. If you're the right person, listen, you, you, you know, a race car comes into your pit and it's limping uh, or it's, you know, it's hurt somehow. And you and your, you and your compatriots jump on that thing, get it fixed. And you, and you send them back out into the desert, into the night, happy. I mean, it's tough, it's tough to picture a, a race car wagging its tail, but that's exactly what they did when they left. And then to find out later that the thing you pasted together or MacGyvered back or whatever you want to call it, not only found a finish line, but he was able to persevere and continue running and win. Brings people back to work the pits. Why? Because you made a difference. Now, this is just my opinion. Now, I, you know, there's no surveys, I suppose, but I really believe that it's when you find out you can make a difference and have fun and live in a heck of an adventure, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight and claw to come back. That is the draw. People will pursue it, you know, without any forethought at all. I mean, when, when the movie Dust of Glory finally hit the streets, you know, for the first three Baja Thousands after that, or any of the Baja races, but mostly Baja Thousand, you know, we had people coming out of nowhere to run the Baja. We had no idea what they were doing, but they were going to come run the Baja. I, I ran into uh, two guys from, I'm not sure where in Maine, Bangor, maybe Bangor, Maine. I, you know, I, I've lost track of the exact city, which city in Maine, but here's, here's how the allure and the mystique drives people to foolish decisions we love it the uh the one guy there was these were two buddies david and somebody else because it's been a number of years but anyway david had a brother who owned a bronco an old you know old style bronco square bronco like the early bronco uh and it was a show car uh, back there in maine and they used to take it to shows and they had this big chromium you know chrome engine in it and everything else and that was that was what they did well the brother liked car shows but his little brother who was and that's, and that's about Baja, actually took the Bronco away from his bigger brother. He, he basically stole it. And they drove it from Maine to, and, well, to San Diego and then Ensenada and entered the race in this thing. And they had no spares. They had no idea how to do fueling. They had no idea except we're going to run the Baja. So as it turned out, they had BFG tires on it. And that's how they got across the country without problems, apparently. But, but when they arrived at, at, frankly, our doorstep, once one gets done shaking his head in dismay, saying, what have you done? Then you realize, you know, our BFG pits can probably help you get that dream, that bucket list thing 
get you into the Baja, maybe get you a finish. But we'll get you in and we'll get you along. And to, to do that, these two fellas were just blown away that that would even happen. But, and I hate to sound like the broken record, but, you know, at BFG, it is about the people and it is about performance and it doesn't have to make sense. It isn't, doesn't have to be linear. If it's something that is driving your passion, we relate to that. We understand because we've got the same silly passion. So it's not like the professionals at BFG are meeting the, uh, the, the whack job newbies from Maine. No, we're all in Maine. All of us are in Maine. These just happened to show up to the party that day. And they know they didn't finish, but they did get halfway. We patched that Bronco back together enough so they could drive it back to Maine. The pit experience isn't just excitement and adrenaline. In a race as long as a thousand, there are bound to be periods of downtime in the pits. It's in those slower moments that the pits develop their own cultures. You, you clean, you organize, you, you line up, you prepare, you make sure everything that you plan on using is where it needs to be to be used. You monitor the radios, and then when you hear the race starting, then, then you know. Now, in a pit, there can be hours and hours of sitting around trying to stay awake and those moments when the race car does show up i mean it's two minutes three minutes bang unless there's a problem and then it's out of here you know it's it's just it's chaotic for a while it's a very beautifully choreographed chaos but it's chaotic and then the race car leaves and you're back to just standing around looking for something to do now the numbers of race cars that you know use bf goodrich pits kind of change how long you have to wait because you're pitting the, the, the front runner, the trophy trucks, but you're also pitting the slowest cars in the race. So, you know, you may have a, a, a published closing time for your pit of uh, very late tomorrow afternoon, you know, or tomorrow night. But this morning, we're pitting the trophy trucks. Tomorrow night, we'll pit the class 11s, which are the stock Volkswagens. So <laughs> it, 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 it gets busy and then not busy, busy and not busy. Hopefully, they're, they're, polishing off the setup and tweaking everything and making sure all the T's are crossed and I's are dotted. But in reality, I mean, you could have a pit that's near the ocean and you've been talking to this local guy who's got a little boat and wants to go out and catch some lobster and bring back fresh lobster to the pit and cook it up for lunch while you're waiting on race vehicles to get to you. There are, oh man, I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't, I don't want to know half of the stuff, but some of the stuff that I do know, I mean, it's pretty cool. They just, they, it's a bunch of people who have gotten together. They probably haven't seen each other since the last Baja 1000. So they've had a year of stories to be able to talk about. They've had a year to plan of what we're going to, what are we going to do from 8 a.m. till 12 p.m.? You know, it could be some sightseeing, it could be some hiking, it could be whatever it is, as long as it's safe and as long as it's, approved we don't have a problem with it and people can just enjoy their time down there some of the earlier pits you know they'll be able to get back to ensenada or back to the location that they're staying earlier so they'll be able to get some rest get cleaned up maybe if they're in ensenada go to the finish line and be able to see see the race finish or be able to experience the vendors or just the downtown vibe that ensenada provides or whatever town they're near so it, it's really it's really just a, a matter of of the the characters that you have in your pit on what you do so you have some fishermen you have some some adventure people and then you just have some people that just like sitting around in a chair and 
catching up on the year or talking about who knows what, whatever their lives can provide stories for and sitting around a campfire and, and just chilling out. So, I mean, there's a, a lot of things that, that I, you, you can imagine can happen, especially when you're out in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes it's just nice to, to be quiet. Look at the beauty that the Baja Peninsula provides and, and just soak it in and, and maybe get a little alone time while you're down there. So who knows? But I'm sure there's a lot of shenanigans that go on that I don't want to know about. <laughs> as long as it's safe and and uh, and and respectful to to Baja and to the 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 race and the other race teams, then uh, I'm sure I'm okay with it. That family environment is supported by the food, but volunteers are also tied together through another annual event, the Outhouse Contest. You know, you have you have seven or eight or nine pits strung up over a thousand miles of desert. You know, what better situation to have an outhouse contest? The winners always had the most beautiful lighting. It had great approach lighting, very festive <laughs> decorating lightings. Um, and yeah, there's a light in there where all the business happens, but, you know, you don't have to keep it a secret. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the desert, it's nice to see a green and red and white and yellow and blue light blinking because, you know, if it's blinking, you're okay. You're, you're not that far. Things are going to turn out just fine. I could not tell you, Andrew, whose idea it was, but I would suspect that uh, Frank and maybe some of the other guys had a little to do with it, Frank or Jeff or one of those. That, it's, it's the kind of a thing I would expect, but it, it was there. All of a sudden, you know, I became aware of it because, you know, if I came in, actually what I did, I, you know, I was... I saw more of our pits as a race car than anything else. And so, you know, you don't necessarily see the outhouses because you're not, you're not thinking I'm going to look for an outhouse out there. You just go out in the desert and, and uh, become comfortable in a few minutes. But it was when I was pre-running once. That's what it was. I found it and I, and I stopped at a pit, BFG pit. This is, you know, three or four days before the race. And I saw this magnificent thing with all these lights and signs on it. And that's how I found out that we're having a contest. And I thought it was just beautiful. I, I still think it's great. Less one takes themselves too seriously, we have the outhouse contest. As silly as an outhouse contest might be, Hunt and Bauer don't lose sight of just how important the pits are, both from a practical perspective and the idealism that underpins them. It's an investment. And it's an investment, I believe, one, for the brand to be able to have a playground, if you would, or... Maybe a better word would be a testing ground for your tires to be able to advance in, in technology and to keep working on the the tires that end up on your vehicles that, that you drive every day. I think that's probably one of the most important reasons that we're down there is to be able to have that. But I think it's, it's to give back to the sport of off-road racing and help support the sport of off-road racing and want to see the, the sport continue. There's a lot of brands that will come in and spend a lot of money just on athletes. That's okay. We, we, we do need some of that, but we also need the support of the, of the sport of off-road racing to, for it to be able to continue. One of the driving, driving reasons of why we're down there and why the brand BF Goodrich makes that investment into the pit support program. And it truly is an expense when you think of the amount of people that we take down there, the amount of hotel rooms that we use, the amount of insurance that we provide, the, the pit support equipment that we use. So we'll have tire machines so we can change tires. We'll have generators to provide electric at each one of these pit locations. We have tools to be able to fabricate 
to weld to 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 do mechanical work on cars so all the all the everything down to wrenches and, and sockets and torches and welders all that stuff is it's not cheap i can tell you that for a fact because i see the budget numbers uh it's, it's definitely not cheap but it's it's an investment it's an investment into the sport that we that we love and we have a passion about and we want to see do great and it's a, and it's a, an investment into the race teams who need us who are are bf goodrich loyalists uh, and then it's for the ones who who will become BF Goodrich loyalists. It's the it's the future. It's the ones who we're gonna come down and race. We have no idea what we're doing. Oh my gosh! Look at this these GPS files that we get from BF Goodrich. Look at the map books that they give us with all this information in them. Look at the pit support that's provided. Look at everything that that this one company provides for us to come down and race. We're gonna keep doing this. And man, I just became a fan of this brand. The BFG pits are a source of immense pride, both for Hunt as he shepherds the program forward and for Bauer as he looks upon part of his legacy. I would just say when it comes to BFG pit support, it's a group of passionate people who want to be a part of something that's special and be a part of a brand that's iconic and a brand that is passionate and involved inside of off-road racing and to be a part of something that cool that special that passionate that prominent is is something that is uh, that people volunteer to do and want to be a part of so i i am very honored to be a part of that program and i look forward to the future of it and hope to see it grow hope to see more and more teams be able to come down and, and race and experience racing in, in, in Baja. I think I, I, I'm pretty consistent. I'm, I'm most proud that we, we found a way to tap into the souls of all the other wackos that are out there in the desert along with us. <laughs> you know, we, we, we made a difference. I'm very proud to say we, we have made a difference. We uh, enabled more people to find their dream or check off a bucket list, you know, find purpose. And that, I mean, that sounds purely philosophical, but after you're running a bunch of Baja 1000s or even if, if you've pitted a bunch of them, you know, it's, it's inside the race car and, and people will tell us this, you know, that the experience of running Baja 1000, you know, changes the ferocity of competition into the philosophy of finishing. And, and you become very philosophical at the end of it. And, and they, they credit um, having the BFG pits out there to not only take care of them, but take care of their chase people and the people that aren't in the race car. That, I think, makes me very happy, very proud to say I was one part of that. All, all I did was I was just the starter and the instigator. I maybe, you know, laid out the first, you know, the, the, a bit of a format. But others that came later expanded on that format and turned what was good into what was excellent. Thanks for listening. On the next and final episode of this season, we look back on one of the gnarliest Baja 1000s that the BF Goodrich performance team ever had the pleasure of racing in. Join Jeff Cummings and the members of the 2016 BFG Baja Challenge teams as they relive their battle against the desert, other teams, and their own bodies.